Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living, with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, Holistic Physician. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, 88.9 FM, WQCS, that is National Public Radio. Uh, for those of you new to this, um, well, we're on uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasting, so subscribe and uh, listen every week or wherever you want uh, from any digital device and, and at your convenience. Um, so, so as you know or don't know, every week we have a new guest and it's, it's wonderful to sit in the studio or sometimes on the phone, people nationally, internationally. Um, today I have the pleasure of working with someone uh, in the studio and uh, her name is Donna Wexler. And, um, and I was introduced by we have a mutual friend and someone that we, I admire very much. And uh, this show is really about the healing power of communication. Uh, communication is key. And we, we see that so much in the media these days. We see that in our homes, relationships, parent and child, husband and wife, uh, you name it, it's there. And uh, we, we have yet to master this uh, as, as the human race. Communication is something that eludes us. And we have to constantly work at it. But in those moments that we find it, it can be a healing force in the home. It could be a healing force everywhere, uh, socially especially. And, and Donna has uh, tirelessly devoted her life to restoring that gift of communication for social um, uh, interaction, for family interaction, and in all forms and in all situations. Her background, actually, um, which she will elaborate on, uh, she's a specializes in the care of children with social thinking challenges in their families. For the past 38 years, she's treated children, teens, and adults with a variety of speech language disorders, including, but not limited to, autistic spectrum disorders, articulation, language, auditory processing disorders, um, phonological disorders, apraxia. Uh, fluency and voice, and uh, currently primarily serving children with high-functioning Asperger's and autistic spectrum disorders. So, you know, these needs have increased, and with it, your demand has increased. So thank you for taking the time to sit with me here, share some of your experience, give some tips, and give some hope to our listeners that need you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me yeah. this morning. So what got you into this field? Um, I started out in 1970. I took a course in special needs in undergraduate, and it was my passion was ignited right there, and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. 
And so it's been a long journey. Actually, this is my 48th year of practice. Wow, so this bio needs to be updated. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, and um, after I became a speech pathologist, um, I had a son with a disability, and that was also, mm. you know. Touched your heart, yeah. Touched my heart and made me really passionate about finding out more about communication. Mm. And of course, communication, as you said, is not only with children, but it's with spouses and everyone in your life. And ha ha, you think that, uh, you know, I'm a communication specialist for 48 years that I would be able to communicate really well. And sometimes my spouse and I can't do that. Right. So anyway, and um, I have a son who can't say more than about 20 words. So mm-hmm. that was another challenge. So I've so- talked to experts all over the world, and um, sometimes we have to accept. And so acceptance has been something that I've really mm-hmm. been able to share with other families and parents of children who have disorder- disabilities. Now, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are some listeners thinking, you know, well, 20 words that's that's good and sometimes that's all you need or is it really about words that's the big question no. Is communication really just about words absolutely not mm. and you know that about 80 percent of the communication is nonverbal, and so we have to really be watching and listening and even looking at body language mm. and those are the things that our children who are on the autism spectrum often are missing right yes so that's just the part that you really the the, the usual things like the head nodding that we're doing right the smiling the uh, the eye movements those things are just non-existent for some children and uh, some adults exactly. and uh, so how do you interact and interaction is what we're talking about well, at the heart I, of it, I've right? often been asked, how, how, do you, how do you know what to do right. with children who are yes. like that? And it is, there are many programs out there, Sunrise and Relation Developmental Intervention, a lot of, a lot of different programs for mm-hmm. autism where um, we are taught to just be. Mm. And I was just listening That's to strong. a meditation this morning, Ram, Ram Das said, you know, be, be here now. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with children, sometimes I have to say nothing yeah. and just be with them and follow their lead. And um, Nuances, I guess, just, right? And, There's and, just little right. things. And, and so if somebody little. asks me, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's just like my husband always says, open your heart and just mm-hmm. go wherever you need to go. I love that. And it's it's a so here I am 48 years later and mm-hmm. still my friends are saying you need to retire mm-hmm. but I have uh, it's just my passion. Right. I why love w- doing why it. would you if going you to work it, yeah. for me is a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel the same way people say, you know, with all your kids you'll never retire. I'm like, why would I want to retire? Right. <laughs> you know, n- kids are no kids is not the point. I I love what I do. I could never see myself just sitting around and right. doing what. <laughs> right. Um but you know, Interestingly enough, so I, I get a call, an emergency call yesterday in my office, and and a, and a mother of, of a patient of mine, she's a patient, but her, her son, she said her son needed me. And now the backstory is before I graduated, I used to do a healing arts mm-hmm. with this, uh, her son. 
and I get got him to start painting and express. He was already painting, but really kind of structuring it and trying to get him to enjoy it and communicate through it because he was very uh, the communicate no words, no spoken words. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, basically communicates through some sounds, which sounds like a da 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 da. He sings, but that's it. It's, uh, so you can tell when he's. Set you, you know like right. da 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 you know and right. then, and then uh, when he's happy da 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 you know so so I uh, you know this is now I want to say he's about t- he's in his twenties and uh, and uh, so it's been a number of years and I went from teaching art to then being his uh, caregiver mm-hmm. and working with his anxiety through acupuncture through his tics and and uncom- you know discomforts that it would exhibit uh, through acupuncture and regulating temperature because he can run really hot, you know, different things. Long story short, he he, uh, he comes in yesterday, she brings him in with his caregiver. It was a new caregiver, and he had never seen this, you know, young man interact with someone like he did with me. But I think the main thing was I had learned over the years, number one, that he does understand. Because mm-hmm. at first, you because you can't communicate the way you're used to communicating, you feel that there is something broken there. Like, right. But there's not. It's just a different way of response. And I've learned to feel and open my heart. And it's taught me a lot about not only doing it with him, but obviously many other patients over the years. Sure. And so I can sit there, touch his shoulder, look at him. And I know he's sensing and communicating with me in his own way, with his little nuances, with his sounds. And, and we have a great time, and he ends up feeling better. And it noticeably, I think, if, it, if it's not just the interaction, obviously there's some acupuncture involved, but in two days, usually the tics and the nervousness and all the habits of going to the bathroom or wetting towels or whatever he's done over the years that exhibits his stress stops. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that, that part of opening your heart which has been instrumental for me as a practitioner, as a father, as a husband, friend, right, uh, host, radio show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, right. I, I have. I that's a that's an interesting and wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Um, when my son was thirty, he's mm-hmm. forty-two now. Um, I took him to a woman. Uh, her name was Judith Bluestone. She did something called the Handle Program, and it was kind of. It was a hands-on program with exercises to integrate reflexes. And now we have something called Moskatova method. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. But it, um, Please share. Yes. And um, the Moskatova method is a gentle touch way of helping children to integrate reflexes that have not come into mm, okay. alignment. And we see amazing changes. So I took my son to see Judith. Can, can, can yes. we pause for a second? Sure. Give us an example, one or two, what have you, of these reflexes that okay, we take for Okay, for example, granted. we everyone knows the grasp reflex. Yes. The first thing a baby does is he grabs your finger. Yeah. Um, and if the grasp reflex is not integrated, it, the child will continue to grab on to things. Okay. And so by massaging the palm of the hand and opening the fingers, we can get that grasp reflex only to be there when it's needed. Ah. So if you're falling off the mountain, you want your grasp reflex. Right, right, right. right. you want to know. That right, yeah. right. Um, but there, it's instinct, too. It's instinct. Right. Yeah, yeah. right, and then there's the Vibinski reflex, which is your foot. Mm-hmm. And when babies are born, they curl their toes back. Yeah, when you run a little instrument up right. the, mm-hmm. from the heel to the and toes. And sometimes yeah. that doesn't integrate, and when that doesn't integrate, then you're f- when the feet touch the ground, 
they're getting all kinds of mixed messages, which has to do with ah, focus, yes, attention, yes, yes. speech, yes. all of those things. And yeah, so so I discovered uh, this through a through a client. Oh, I guess it's been about ten years ago. And her daughter wasn't speaking. She was very. Um, she couldn't make eye contact. She was very antisocial and very inappropriate. She is now um, finished a special needs college, and she's working in a daycare center and living in her own apartment. Wow, so that's huge. Amazing. That's a miracle. So what happened with Judith was... And it seems so simple, but it yeah. is a miracle. It is a it miracle is a for miracle. the family. It's a miracle for her. It's a miracle for... It is a miracle. And, and I've watched many miracles like that yeah. happen right in front of me. Mm-hmm. As far as my relationship with my son, when, Ju- when I was with Judith, she was working with my son. And she said, uh, why are you talking to him like that? I was talking to him in a sort of mother-ease, baby yeah. way. Yeah. And I said, um, because that's what he understands. And she said, you have no idea what he understands. Mm. And that was like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. such an awakening. And so I changed the way I was with him. And our whole relationship changed. And now he understands that I understand that he knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. but he just can't communicate it. Mm -hmm. So... Sometimes when you're too close to something, you yeah. can't see. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes. And we see that with parents in, in many ways. I mean, it's, right. it's with uh, any time our child is not well, forget developmentally, just not well. You lose all faculties and you could be the best uh, physician in the world. But when it's your child and it touches you so close, right? you can lose your faculties. Your brain goes, ah. Yeah, like, what, <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's important. Now, you, obviously, there's a lot of different areas that your expertise will cover. And um, and we, we talked about it being, you, you have workshops, for instance, that work with groups. And that can be from the age four to adult. Right. And uh, it's mainly focused on social interaction. Right. And um, it's, it's very interesting because this field is really um, emerging. And yeah. many people have heard about social skills. Yes. Um, which is not what I do. But social skills are teaching children what to say, you know, what to do in a certain situation. Mm-hmm. What what I try to focus on is something called social thinking, which is really cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and we teach children how to think. So when I come in here, I'm not going to speak with you the way I would speak with my students because it's a whole different situation, <laughs> right? And look at you and like, you what think, the heck? Well, yeah. we, we call that you would have uncomfortable <laughs> thoughts about me. <laughs> but that. sometimes our kids don't know. You yeah. know, you know that they, they, they'll go in somewhere and, and talk to somebody, an adult, like they talk to their friends. Yeah. Or they'll talk to a, an important person mm-hmm. of authority like they talk to their brother, mm. and that doesn't work. So. And that doesn't have to be within the autism or Asperger spe- spectrum. That Definitely could be just not. in any... Well, you know, now the autism spectrum includes children who have attention deficit disorder. Yeah, and, right. and when people bring their children to me, I try not to look at their record first. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. to look at the child. Because the classifications these days can be quite confusing and, and imposed wrongfully in some right. cases. And I, I and I yeah. say, I, it doesn't matter. Right. What your child's label is what someone chose to there you call go. it. Very it's, good. It's yes. not 
I, I had a mom come to me and she yeah. said, you know, my the psychologist said my child's never going to go beyond the right. fifth grade or whatever. Right. And I said, that's her opinion. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't That's based on her experience, her life, her limitations, right. not your child and, and not you. And you know what? Yeah. None of us know that. No. The longer not. I do this, the more I know I don't know. Right? So thank God for you. <laughs> 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 no, that's so, so you know, because I get the same thing. People, you know, patient, uh, parents bring their children to me. Oh, my, you know, my daughter has ADHD, anxiety disorder, all these thing, labels they start throwing out. I says, wait, back up. What's wrong? <laughs> like, and I'll talk to the child or the teenager. Right. What's your problem? Well, I have problems sleeping. I have problems. Okay, what's your diet like? Well, you know, do you, you start getting yeah. all the backstory. Uh, you know, I don't get to eat much. So I snack on candy bars, sugar. To, oh, okay. Um, do you exercise? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it comes out, and then the parent chimes in. You know, well, she won't eat her veggies. She won't, and then you get all of this like idea of okay, well, this is what's equaling it's cause and effect. Right. So forget the labeling. Like, let's change. Let's look at who is yeah. here and yeah. what's happening. Exactly. Right. Let's see how we can change the cause and effect situation. And if we can do that, we can improve. And that's basically what you're doing. You're, you're yes. looking at the details and saying, okay, let's shift this, let's shift that, and then the outcome will be totally different. Right. Because predisposition did not equal, <laughs> right, right, a guarantee of the outcome. Right, right. Just and, a predisposition. And, you know, uh, going back to my son, they yeah. told me my son was never going to walk. He was never going to be potty trained. Right. He was, and for about five minutes, I crawled under my covers. And right. then like, I, how am I going to deal with this? And like, then yeah. I was like, okay. Right. So he was potty trained at 18. Right. And he walked at, I don't know, about 12. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So that was someone's Potty opinion. trained at? 18 years. Wow. <laughs> it took a, <laughs> it long, took a long time. time <laughs> but a, I am, yeah. I don't, you know. There's a lot we of diapers. We don't give it. Yes, it was, it was. <laughs> That's anyway. a parent joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but no. So, so with the social skills, okay, and going back into that, a lot of it's learned too. So then you look at the home, right? And the interaction. I know parents that won't take out their children to eat for many years, not giving them the opportunity to learn public manners versus, and and at home they're not staying together either. So. Right. There's that type of social interaction where you see families, they're just not doing it at home and they're not, they just don't know how right. anymore well, to teach we their have children. to give the children the experience. Right. So a lot right. of times we will take. And that's with all of it. That's right. with the ADZ, Asperger's. You have to give them the experience typical, so they understand how, how it works. How about typical kids? Right, right, right. <laughs> typical kids need to learn too. Yeah. You know, yeah. we start teaching them when they're little. But, but children who are high functioning on the autism spectrum, attention deficit, whatever we want to whatever we see um, they their brains work in a little bit of a different way sure so they're often way way smarter than I'll ever hope to be right I mean sometimes kids will ta be talking about atoms and you know all kinds of nucleus whatever and and then they say to each other I'm so glad I met you. Mm -hmm. Some of the kids at my school don't get me. Right. Okay, so right. we have some relationships forming. But what I want them to, we, and of course I teach vocabulary, right. like comfortable, uncomfortable, expected, unexpected, um, what's the size of the problem. We talk about all those things. But then the question is, how do we relate that to their real life? Mm -hmm. And how can they put that in, in a framework that will work when they walk out of the clinic. So we often go, 
let's say, to the library, to the bookstore, to a restaurant where they have to order their food and t interact with the waitress and leave a tip and it's it's fun <laughs> it's a huge. lot of fun and it's a way of taking it out of the clinic because if we just have it in the clinic the other thing that is very important to me because I'm a parent I the parents aren't in the group because that affects the functioning of the group but a portion of the session is spent with the parents so after I work with the children, and I really often say I'd like to flip-flop it and spend 45 minutes with the parents and 15 minutes with the children, but um, I spend a portion of time with the parents talking about what went on and what I want them to think about and carry over for the week. Right. What do you do in the case uh, where the parent is probably the biggest aspect of the limitation? Well, we... Um, I have a wonderful therapist who works with me, Andrea Rosenberg, and Andrea and I um, recently did a workshop on something called Differently Wired. There's a book out there by Deborah Reber. I recommend that all parents who have differently wired children <laughs> read it. It has nothing to do with the diagnosis, but you know if your kid is differently wired. Sure. And, um, and that was very helpful in helping parents to see that they are a part of the of the problem yeah. and if they can just accept their child the way they are and work with that because right. frequently for example my son was 30 before i realized what i was doing mm -hmm. um to be able to just accept the child where they are mm -hmm. and try to work with those differences right. and unconditionally love them. And I think it sounds like you had to elevate yourself in many ways, you know, whereas maybe your interests, your scope of not only thinking, but, um, you know, creativity and, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> one of the, the parent I was telling you about, she's, she's become a horticulturist. She, she's gained a great appreciation for art because now this, young man that I used to this wow. teen he's actually exhibits all over now like people buy his paintings and he, they showcase them in museums you know galleries and stuff wow. so, so she's you know expand and, and also she herself was not very socially um, apt. she she didn't uh, like interaction through touch Mm -hmm. But then she had her own uh, battles with cancer and she she between me and healing touch buddies and all this she began to realize the importance of a hug and so I think that that affection between her and others translates to her and her household and her and her son. And then he's more affectionate. He hugs more, right. you know. And uh, uh, so. I, I often think about a, a person I heard speak many years ago, and mm -hmm. he said, having a person in your family who is yeah. differently wired yeah. is like living life on a waterbed. Mm. One person is affected. It affects everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody moves, everybody right. is affected by that, and so, yes. Um, so from speech articulation to communication, social skills, all of this, you really have to run the gamut as, uh, depending on the needs of the of the person that you, the patient that you're seeing, and, and it sounds like you're doing this very well and have done it for so long. How do, um, anyone that needs you, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, I have a, an office in Jupiter, mm -hmm. and um, my phone number, mm -hmm. 
is 561-691-1911. Or they can reach me at Wexler, Donna, B as in boy, at gmail.com. Right, and you have a nice website, too. It's very informative. You have a lot going uh, on there. It's uh, letscommunicate.com. Letscommunicate.com. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful website. I was able Thank to you. find out a lot about you and the programs, and I think it's very supportive. Um, and the main thing we want to always do is, especially with this show, and, and it sounds like you're of the same mind, is, is hope. It's not pointing the finger. It's not this is bad or this is good, wrong or right. Let's do better, always. And there's always hope when you have knowledge, when you have help, experienced people with you. And kind, you, you're kind mm-hmm. <laughs> and compassionate because you've gone through it. And therefore, I think I, think, I do understand yeah. a little bit better. Yes, but I yeah. think if I can give any family anything, it's hope because yeah. of what I've been through. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. Thank you, Donna Wexler. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Just a quick shout out to our friends at Oasis. The world's best golfers, including John Daly, Bernhard Langer, and Freddie Couples are back in Boca Raton for the Oasis Championships, uh, February 8th through 10th at the Old Course at Broken Sound. For tickets, visit oasischampionship.com. The Oasis Championship has raised over $2 million for the Boca Regional Hospital. See you next time. I don't care what nobody says.